1 Corinthians chapter 1 and beginning at verse 18. For the words of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign. Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To a Jew, a stumbling block. To Gentiles, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, and not many mighty. Not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God, but by his doing you are in Christ, who become to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that it, just as it has been written, let him who boast boast in the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of his word. Will you pray with me? Fathers, we come before you. We give you thanks today for the power of the message of the cross. We just give this time over to you, Holy Spirit. Hide me behind your words. We just ask your presence here in this sanctuary this morning. Touch the hearts of your people. Move us to that place that you're calling us to walk in, in your presence, for your glory. We just pray this today, in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus. And amen. For the words of the cross are foolishness to those who are perishing. You know, you can... uh, sit in any church or any evangelistic outreach meeting, any crusade, 
And there will be people there who are hearing the Word and are moved. And there are people there who are hearing the Word and are bored to death and don't understand a thing that's being said and are totally perplexed as to why anyone would be so foolish as to go after such a fairy tale. These words of the cross... They only make sense to those who have been moved by the Holy Spirit. But if someone's heart is so hard that they will not allow the Holy Spirit to move in their life, when they hear these words, it's just foolishness. It's just crazy. Can't even imagine why anyone would be so... Foolish just to fall into that. Satan is hard at work keeping people's hearts hardened. And Paul talks here about the wisdom of the world. Satan wants us to get caught up in the wisdom of the world because the wisdom of the world will counter the very Word of God in every way. And boy, do we see that happening in our society today. How our society is drifting away from the foundational truths that we were established on as a nation, as a culture here in America. And that is so true over Western Europe as well. But there are places where the gospel has not flourished in the past. But today it is taking root with great power. And those people are praying for us. Because they see us falling away from truth. They see us walking after the world's wisdom and leaving everything that God has given to us. Those things that have made us a great nation. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I've had people say to me, I could not follow a God who would send His Son to the cross. What kind of father who loves his son would send his son to the cross? That's foolishness. Why would you folks believe such a thing and follow a God that did such a thing? Again, these folks in no way have a heart that has been softened to receive the truth of the gospel message. These are people who feel that there is some way that they can earn their own goodness or that there is no need of a Savior in any way, that there is no real God or that God is something that is just in the minds of weak people who need something, a crutch to lean on in life. (coughs) But for those who have truly 
have had situations in their life where they have been lost. Where they have been so down and out that they had to reach up to touch bottom. Those people have come to a a period of time in their life when they were so desperate that they were willing to open their hearts up to receive the truth of the cross. Those who are strong and powerful in their own minds and in their own strength, they don't have need for God because they've got it under control. But it was written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. And then Paul asked this, Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? We see in Egypt that Pharaoh had his wise men, his, his uh, men of knowledge. And that was nothing in the eyes of God. And he would put all of them to shame. We see that the Assyrians, they had their great scribes and, and wisdom. And yet God brought their nation down. We see that the Greeks, they loved to debate and the Romans followed after them in such things. Where's those debaters? You know, today we see people wanting to debate things all the time. To no end. And, you know, each side just continually fussing and debating and never coming to a resolution on anything. But to those who have softened their heart, God has given them understanding to the foolishness of the cross. The fact that you and I in our sin, there was no way we could ever be made right before our Heavenly Father. And that it took One who was righteous and holy to pay our sin debt because our righteousness in the eyes of God is as filthy rags. Nothing we could ever do would be good enough so that we could stand before God justified. And then I've heard people say, well, I could never love a God like that anyway. But the reality is, in their ignorance... They are missing the message of the cross. That the Father from the foundation of the world knew that His creation, who He fashioned after His own likeness, was going to fall. Because He wanted a creation that would love Him for, you know... 
and not be forced into it, but to love him because they chose to love him. And in doing so, he gives us the opportunity to express free will. And so many times our flesh chooses to go opposite of his will. Our flesh wants to go its own way. And we know because of the internal battle that's going on inside of us all the time. Paul went on to say, For indeed Jews ask for a sign, and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. The message of Christ crucified is a stumbling block to the Jews, to the Gentiles, to the Greeks. It is foolishness. But verse 24 says, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God in the sense that He is able to save us. The toning work of Jesus on that cross through His shed blood was the requirement that God had set forth for the saving of His creation. That Jesus being holy God in every way and holy man in every way, He was tempted in every way as we are tempted, yet was without sin. So that He was the perfect God-man that was able to go to the cross. He is able to identify with you and I in everything that we experience because He was found a little lower than the angels. He came in human form. He experienced everything that we experience in the sense of being tempted not to walk in the plan that his father had set forth for him to walk in. Yet, even on the night he was arrested, he prayed in the garden, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He went to the cross and gave his life on our Behalf, so that you and I could have eternal life. So that you and I could stand before the Father, justified, just as if we had never sinned. Sanctified in the fact that we've been set apart from the world unto Him. Clothed in His righteousness, so that we don't have to stand before Him in our own filthy rags, but that we can stand before Him. And when when the Father sees us, He sees Jesus. Foolishness to people who don't understand it. But to those who are called... Today the calling continues to go out. For those who are lost, they are being called to come to Jesus. Come into relationship. 
apply that shed blood to your life so that you could be washed clean. Called in the sense that you have been given a purpose in life. No longer do you have to wander around, perplexed, confused, trying to figure out, why am I here? But that there is a true purpose for your life. And that if we don't seek His understanding of what that is, we will never be fulfilled. We chase after things that we think will satisfy us, but in reality, they always come short. They only satisfy us for a short period of time, and then we get bored with that. But it's when we walk in our purpose, the calling that God has placed on our lives, where we find true satisfaction and wholeness in life. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, it is the power of God, the power to save us, the power to transform us, to change us from the person who we were before we knew Christ into the person that He has purposed for us in Christ. He's calling us to be transformed into the very image of Christ. His likeness, His character, His nature. That His attributes are those things that flow out of our life in our relationship with others every day. Because we are being transformed by that great power that dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. That great power that transforms us from who we once were to the very image that is in the mind of God. How He sees us. How He created us to become in Him. For those who are called. Will you answer the call? For those who He calls, He has a plan. And in that plan, it is not for us to continue to live a life of confusion, a life of not being satisfied, but wholeness in Christ. He's calling us to that kind of a life. Verse 25 says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, I find that God is continually calling people in their weakness as to the very place where He wants to use them in His kingdom. And I continue to bear that out in my life. Uh, I was naturally not a leader and yet he chose me to lead not all that uh, gifted in school and yet called me to be a teacher 
Yeah, everybody got perplexed on that one. (laughs) You know, we sit back and we see certain people's gifts and talents and we think, oh, they should do this and they should do that. But when they function in those things, then they tend to take credit for it. But God chooses the weak. He chooses us in our weakness. In the things that we really are not good at. So that He can be glorified. So that the world can look at it and understand that it has nothing to do with your personal power and your personal strength. But it has everything to do with His great power and His great strength. So that He can transform you and bring you into that wonderful creation that He called you to. Verse 26 says, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. Amen. That there were not many mighty. I didn't fit that one either. That there were not many noble. I came from Morgan County. But God has chosen the foolish. Well, I fit that one. He has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things, the ordinary things, the common things of the world. And the despised, God has chosen. Those that the world looks at and considers the least. The ones that we don't even want to touch. God chooses those very individuals to be raised up and to become powerful men and women in the purposes of God. Those that the world would otherwise overlook as not having any significance. Nothing that would give them any power to draw others to them. Because normally in life we wouldn't even see those people. We look past them in everyday life. They don't even show up on our radar screen. But those are the people God chooses. Why? Because the world has discounted them to the point that they are of no value. But God receives great glory in taking that which the world sees as of no value and proving its great worth in Him. Him. 
God takes the things that are not so that He may nullify the things that are. Some of you can say amen to that. So that no man may boast before God. But by His doing, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God. Christ became wisdom for us. Because we didn't have it before, but in Him, we now become wise in the fact that we have chosen Him as Savior. That we have chosen to allow Him to be Lord of our lives. I want to encourage you again. Do not stop short of making Him Lord of your life. It is not enough that you just accept Him as Savior. He does not want to only be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. And as I've said so many times, I want to make sure you understand it. When He is Lord, He holds deed and title to your life. Ownership. He sits on the throne. He is not co-pilot. He sits on the throne of your life. Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness because we have been clothed in His righteousness. Thank goodness I do not have to stand in mine. Or I'd be here naked today. But I stand clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. If I can boast in anything, I can boast in that. That I'm clothed in His righteousness. I don't have to stand in my own righteousness. My own goodness. And sanctification. I have been set apart from the world for a purpose in Him. No longer do I belong to this world. He left me in this world... To be an ambassador of his kingdom. He left me in this world to make a difference. But I am not of this world because I am of a kingdom. Where Jesus sits on the throne. When Pilate asked Jesus, are you a king? He said, as your words. But my kingdom is not of this world. Or otherwise, the citizens of my kingdom would have set me free. But my kingdom is from another place. My citizenship is in heaven. Where I look forward to the coming of my Savior. He 
goes on to say here, not only sanctification, but also redemption. I was redeemed from the pit. I once was separated from the life of Christ because sin caused that to happen. It was not only my sin, but it was the sin that is indwelling in all of us. When Adam sinned, we all became fallen in him. But Christ came that we would be redeemed from the pit. No longer do we have to earn it on our own. But He paid the price so that we could be redeemed to the Father. So just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. In and of myself, I have nothing to brag about. But I've been richly blessed. Some of you know the story that uh, when I started chasing after Patty, she was looking for someone tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) At that time, I was three inches shorter than her. Lily White. (laughs) And quite a bit short on the handsome side of things, too. Didn't quite measure up there at all. And all through life, God continued to raise me up to a place beyond what was my own abilities, my own power. And He has that for each and every one who are in Him. And the enemy wants you to settle for less than God's best. And I'm amazed at how many Christians are willing to do that. I tell you, I am amazed at how many are willing to do that. Settle for less than God's best. He truly has a plan for you. He truly has a calling on your life. He truly has blessings that have already been put in your account. So many are living in agony and despair, (coughs) struggling to find purpose and meaning. That is not God's plan. He wants you to be a blessing. And in you being a blessing, you will be blessed beyond measure. I can tell you, sitting at home will not bring forth the blessing. It's going out and being the hands and feet of Christ, where you will find your blessing, where you will find your purpose. Now, you can think I'm full of it, but I am. I am. And as any cracked vessel, I leak. (laughs) 
And I'm leaking out on you today. I want you to find the fullness of God's plan for your life so that you can boast in Him. So that the world can boast in Him. Because they know that you are not that person that you've become because of how you were born and because of your pedigree or because of your great degree that you got in school. But it's because of the power of the cross. Foolishness to the world, but it is the power unto salvation. To those who are truly saved, you can't sit at home and sit on the sidelines. If you're truly saved, you've got to be in the middle of what God's doing. You can't sit on the sidelines. Don't let the enemy snatch the fullness of God's blessing for your life. There is a calling on you and God has a plan. Do not miss it. If you're wondering what it is, I just say look around and see what God's doing and get involved with what He's doing. And if you get involved with what He's doing, then He will begin to sharpen your focus and figure out exactly where you're supposed to be used in the midst of it. You have to get off the front porch swing, sipping the iced tea, and get out where God's in the middle of what He's doing. And get involved so that you can walk in the fullness of His great plan. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you today for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit that showed up here this morning. We thank you today that uh, you did not leave me in that place where you found me, but that you raised me up and that you seated me in heavenly places. That you have empowered me and gifted me. And that you have great plans for everyone who are seated here in this sanctuary this morning. May we not fall short of your great glory. May we not fall short of your great plan. May Satan not snatch from us those blessings that you have already placed in our account. May we say, Lord, have your way in my life. So that you may be glorified in my life. So that the message of the cross is seen in my life. Have your way in our hearts today, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and glory. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen.